one of our commandments, so to say, for our editors is that thou shall not change the meaning of a sentence. And a lot of times when we are unclear about what you have meant by a particular sentence, instead of us going and changing it, correcting it to the best of our knowledge, we will just leave a comment out there where we can give you options, where we say that, you know, if you meant this, then this is how you need to say it. But if you meant this, then this is how you need to say it. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. What would you like to know about working with an editor or proofreader? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and that's what we're going to cover in this week's episode because I've spent a lot of time over the past year or two working with various editors and proofreaders for articles, book chapters and so on. But before we get into all of that, let me give you a quick personal update. So I spent the past few weeks looking at buying a new car. Now, I spend a lot of time working and writing from home and cars aren't really something that interests me. I'd rather, you know, spend my time, you know, reading or writing or doing anything that doesn't involve driving around. But I've also got three small kids and living in Ireland is actually quite difficult if you don't have a car. So that's the big personal project that I've been focusing on and it's been like pulling teeth. The other thing that I've been doing over the past few weeks is preparing the final edits for the audiobook of my book, This Is Working. And I worked with a narrator for this book because I was strapped on time. And basically the narrator, his name is JT, sent me back all of the audio files, which I listened to. And then I provided him with a series of edits, which he made. And now the audiobook is making its way through the Audible servers or ACX servers for distribution on that platform. So it should be live by the time you're listening to this. Listening to the audiobook also gave me an opportunity to reflect on how it went. One thing that went well was interviewing third party experts for the book because this gave it a different voice. And it helped me create a book that was altogether unlike something I've written before. However, when I got to the editing stage, I actually spent a week or two worrying that I hadn't cited and referenced the experts and some of the other sources in the book correctly. And I went back and read the Chicago Manual of Style. I checked all the dates and citations and so on. And I probably wasted a week or two doing all of that. Eventually, I just asked my editor to help me fix all of the references and to get them right. I also realized that this was a book and not an academic work. And perhaps I wasn't spending my time in the best way. But still, it's always a good idea to work with an editor when you're finishing a book. And that's something I'd encourage you to do. And even if you're not writing a book, you can still rely on the services of an editor, a proofreader and a developmental editor, depending on your writing project. One company that I've used for proofreading and editing is Paper True. They work with writers, academics and business executives all around the world. And they're actually based in India. They're relatively affordable. It would cost you approximately 30 to 40 euro to get a 1,000 word manuscript proofread and their turnaround time is between one and three days depending on how quick you want it. I recently had the chance to interview Niha Vadya. She's the CEO of Paper True and in the interview she explains exactly what writers can expect from their editor and their proofreader. She talks about how you can get your manuscript ready to send to a proofreader and an editor and there's a couple of simple steps that you, you can take if you want to save time. And she also explains what you should expect 
when they send you back a manuscript and if you should implement all of their changes or reject them or what to do next. There's a lot more we cover in the interview, but I started by asking Niha to explain a little bit more about what our company PaperTrue does and how it can help writers. So just to tell you a little bit about the inception of PaperTrue, we were incorporated in the year 2014. One of our co-founders, Mr. Rishi Raj, he came up with this idea while he was still preparing for his B.Tech, that is his bachelor's in engineering here in India. So when he was uh, you know, preparing for job interviews, he wanted a friend of his to go through his resume and you know, just proofread it, correct it for any mistakes. And the version that he got back from his friend was uh, riddled with more errors than the first version, uh, which is when he realized that the engineering college that he, he was attending is one of the, the premier institutes in the country. So he was just wondering that although he had access to the highest quality education, he still had colleagues who were struggling with their producing good quality written English which is where this idea of paper true was conceived, where he thought that there'd be so many other people in this world that would need a, a proofreader, an editor to help them, you know, finalize any English documents that they might be producing. When we started, we were a small team. I think we had just about five freelance editors. And over the last five years, we've five, five and a half years now, uh, we've grown to having about uh, 100 editors globally. We offer 24 by 7 operations. We offer turnarounds as fast as 12 hours. Whereas earlier, our like when we started, our fastest turnaround used to be 48 hours. So this is how we have grown in the last uh, five and a half years. I am proud to say that we have helped at least tens of thousands of both students, writers, uh, business persons produce English that is of a very high standard. Yeah, so I count myself as one of those people. So I sent a, some of a book a few months ago that I needed proofread within a few days. And I got the manuscript back with some mistakes that I was able to fix quite quickly. So thank you for that. So could you explain that the types of people that, that you work with? I know you touched briefly on them there. So a writer might understand why they would need a proofreading service. But what, what about the other types of people that you mentioned? Okay. So incidentally, you'd be surprised to know that about 65% of our uh, clientele is academic. So it's essentially students or researchers that are preparing their, their thesis, their dissertations, research papers, articles that they write for journals, so on and so forth. And out of that 60%, that is the academic community. I would say about 75% of those are immigrants. So immigrant students, essentially. So these are students that, you know, that have moved from non-English speaking countries to education hubs like the UK or the US. And these people, they definitely need help with their uh, proofreading any documents that they do produce. Their professors recommend that they do have all of their, their articles proofread by someone who's an English expert. And that's where we step in. That's how we help them out. Like I said, about 60-65% of our clientele is, is people from the field of academia. Out of the remaining 30-35%, I would say 25% are authors. 
especially authors that are self-published. So they don't have like, you know, a big publication house that's backing them. They don't have any, you know, developmental editors that they've worked with. Most of the times these people have written their books on their own time and need a proofreader and a copy editor to, to finalize their work. And the remaining 5 to 10% is uh, business persons that need their marketing material, their annual reports, their business proposals, their websites, proofread, corrected for tone, for clarity, those kind of things. Mm, that makes sense. And I'm looking at your pricing here. So for people listening, a thousand word business article works out at about 35 euro. You touched on something there that, that's quite interesting. Proofreading versus copy editing. What do you see is the difference? So proofreading essentially focuses on correcting the mistakes that are there in the document. These mistakes could be, they could be language errors, they could be formatting errors, consistency errors for people uh, writing academic documents where they're referencing other material. References need to be in a particular format. So these might not be formatted correctly. When I say language errors, I mean stuff like spelling, grammar, punctuation, words that are missing, or uh, when I say consistency errors, somewhere you might be using the symbol for, for euro, somewhere else you might have just written the word euro. So all of these are consistency errors. All of this comes under proofreading, whereas copy editing, it improves the language. So it will take, copy editing includes proofreading, but over and above that, it will also correct your, your document for sentence clarity to make sure that you're using the right syntax, that the diction is right. By diction, I mean the words that you've used, whether they're appropriate for what you're trying to convey, whether your, your statements are constructed concisely, whether there is cohesion, coherence between two different statements, two different sentences, whether you've maintained the right tense across, whether your um, subject and verb agreement is correct whether the flow, the tone of your overall content is correct. For instance, if you're writing a business document, but you're using a very casual kind of language, we will correct that to make it sound more formal. So all of that is done by the copy editor. So just to summarize, the proofreader corrects all the errors and the editor improves on your language. And is editing a more expensive service or copy editing? So we... Honestly speaking, we don't differentiate between proofreading and copy editing. What we do offer is copy editing services. So we give you the entire bundle because we think that in most cases, a bot could correct a lot of the the language errors as such in your document. And we want to give you a more premium experience. So I've written a first draft. I've edited it myself and now I've sent it to you and I've gotten it back and I've gotten feedback. What should be my next step? So most of the times, once you've got the feedback, there will be some questions the editors might have asked. There might be some comments. So what we return to you is two versions of the file. We return a clean file where we have uh, implemented all the changes and it has some comments in it. And there is a tracked file which shows you all the changes that we have made. And we leave it up to you to either accept or reject some changes. Apart from this, there will be a lot of comments that we offer. One of our commandments, so to say, for our editors is that thou shall not change the meaning of a sentence. And 
a lot of times when we are unclear about what you have meant by a particular sentence, instead of us going and changing it, correcting it to the best of our knowledge, we will just leave a comment out there where we can give you options, where we say that, you know, if you meant this, then this is how you need to say it. But if you meant this, then this is how you need to say it. So there will be a lot of such comments. There will be other, you know, uh, stylistic recommendations, tonal recommendations. So once you get the feedback, you need to go through it. You need to implement some of those changes. Further questions based on comments that we've left or based on the changes that you've made, you can reach out to us. We will either explain those or if you give us the answers to some of the questions we've asked you in the comments, we will then re-edit the, the document based on, based on your answers. Also, if you have understood everything correctly and you, once you implement all the changes that we've mentioned, you can send the, send the document uh, back to us for you know, like a final, a final revision, so to say, where you're just like, oh, I've done everything that you asked me for. Can you just make sure that I've done it the right way? Mm. And uh, we'll just go through it once again, make sure that all the changes that you've made, no new errors have been introduced in it. And once we give our thumbs up, we say everything's all okay, then that's it. You don't need to work further on your document. I like that. So how many rounds do you believe is enough? How many rounds of editing? It depends on the document. So something that's, that's a short business document, any document that's maybe close to about up to maybe three to 4,000 words, uh, usually it'll go through one edit. We will return the document. You'll look at it. You'll implement changes and we'll take a second look at it. And that's enough. But when we're working on something like a novel or we're working on a large thesis or a dissertation or something like that, it can go up to as many as three or four revisions. Okay. And what should writers or business people know about getting ready to work with an editor or with your team? Like, how can I get my manuscripts in shape or ready for an editor? So first of all, well, I'm assuming that uh, this is for... So people who've done some amount of research, even for people who are writing a book, a manuscript for the first time, I'm assuming that they've done some amount of research as to how they need to structure the manuscript. They know what the flow should be. They know how they want to get from point A to point B. So we as copy editors, like I said earlier, that we don't get involved in the developmental side of things. So essentially what's coming to us is the first final draft. So what comes to us, uh, what you should be sending to us is something that you think is close to being final. A document that is, that is complete, you should have gone through it at least, at least once to make sure that you know, you're happy with the flow and the structure. Not for proofreading. The proofreading part can be completely left to us, but you're just happy with the meat of your document is there essentially. So suppose you're writing a novel, you want to make sure that all of your story is in there, all your characters are starting at a particular place and reaching where you want them to reach. And once you have that, and your word count should be in plus or minus uh, 10% ballpark of where you want that, that eventual document length to be. Because you know that's important. You don't want to be adding too much after that, or you don't want to be in a position where the copy editor needs to trim it too much. If your word count is around 10% plus or minus of wherever you want it to be, and if you have all of your flow and your structure in place, 
then we're ready to take it on from there. I'm glad you mentioned the plus or minus 10%. That's something that I've used in the past as a rule. I'm curious, should the document be formatted in a certain way? For example, double-spaced or Times New Roman, or or does that matter? No, that doesn't matter. Uh, We do all of that, especially for something like, uh, say, for instance, screenplays. Screenplays are expected to be in a particular font only. But if you haven't written your screenplay in a particular font, and if it doesn't follow the typical flow and the structure that a regular screenplay does, you need not worry about that. We take care of all of that. So it's not as important for novels, but something which is like a research paper or a journal and things like that, where there are certain guidelines, some formatting guidelines that the university has recommended or the journal has recommended, but you probably aren't proficient enough with your your word processor to be able to format it correctly. That's fine. You just need to share those guidelines with us and we will do that formatting for you. Even when it comes to novels, for instance, where the content is the thing that is most important, before you can go and publish that novel, it needs to be it needs to be typeset. It needs certain additional things, like it needs to have a copyright page. It maybe needs to have an author profile, those kind of things. We provide services where we construct all of those things for you. So you don't need to worry about the presentational aspects of your document. That's a real time saver. So for somebody who wants to become more productive, that would save them hours. Could you describe some of the other benefits for for people, maybe business people or academics for using a service like this? Like, like for example, time saving would be one. But what else? What would be the other benefits that you would see of a service like right. this? So f- especially for so business documents, I would say one of the most important things is that we usually write the way we speak, but that's not how representing that on paper is not usually perceived correctly when someone's reading it. So this conversation that we're having, if we put it as is in an article, it won't end up sounding as complete or as coherent as it is right now because we're listening to one another. For business documents, that becomes very important that most people will just write the way they speak. So the language is very colloquial, very informal. In that sense, we will correct all of that. So we will improve the diction. We will make sure that the right words are used. The sentences are constructed correctly. Structurally, it flows well. So that when someone else is reading it, it doesn't seem very informal. For academic documents, we will also do stuff like, for instance, graphs, tables, figures. All of these things need to be structured in a particular manner. For instance, Units of measurement, in case of scientific documents, they need to be uh, written in a particular manner. They need a particular kind of spacing, etc. You don't need to be worried about any of those things. Our editors will take care of that. So to yeah. summarize, it would be, you would save time, it would be clearer, and you wouldn't have yes. to worry about smaller details like graphs and a formatting of scientific yes. figures. So you won't need to worry about formatting issues. You will save a ton of time. You don't need to be concerned about the the formal parts of language. You obviously get something that's error-free because, you know, you have a second pair of eyes that is looking at it. So even if you're, you're great at English, you know all of, you know, how to write well, you know all of your, you how to format things well, even if you're very proficient at that, you will always need a second pair of eyes because we're human beings after all. 
you could have missed out on something. You mentioned business people use your services as well. So yep. what, are, what are they sending to you? So a lot of marketing material comes through, a lot of agreements, uh, website copy, annual reports, business proposals, those kind of documents. So would you recommend that a, a small business owner or entrepreneur set aside some of their, their budget for proofreading and editing? 100%, especially for their marketing material. For their website, which I include as part of marketing material because, you know, that's your interface with your clients, right? All of your marketing material, your website, and you don't want to have any embarrassing errors out there. Do you look at that on a Word document as well? Or do you look at the website link? So um, if they have material, if they already have all that material in the form of a Word document, that's better for us. It's easier for us to edit and track changes. But if you're looking at their website directly, we're okay with that as well. We have uh, tools that will help us extract the content from the website into a Word document and then we edit in the Word document. Mm, Okay, makes sense. So you're, you're based in India and the company has proofreaders and editors around the world. So how do you handle cultural differences with the documents that you're receiving? For example, British English versus American English. So we have editors all across the globe. So obviously we have editors that are proficient in different styles of English. Our clients will typically request a particular style. So we take those requirements from our clients. So if a, if a client has requested US English, then we make sure that we send it to an editor that's based out of the States. If someone specifically asked for UK English, then it goes to someone from that region. And uh, but then there are a lot of other clients that are, suppose there might be a Middle Eastern client that is based in the US right now. We specifically ask our clients whether they're, they're ESL people, so where English is their second language, it's not their first language. And if that is the case, then sometimes we do recommend some of our editors that are uh, specialists as far as dealing with ESL documents is concerned. Because, you know, there are some typical pitfalls of someone whose first language is not English. So we have editors who are specialists with that, who can identify such local English syntax and is able to convert that to, into whatever they want. So I'm, I'm also curious that you're, you're a CEO based in India and mm-hmm. your team's in different countries. So do you have any advice for CEOs who are managing remote teams or team members in different areas, but not in, in the same building or office? Processes, processes, processes. You need to have all of your processes in place. Uh, we use, there are a ton of tools that we've built in-house that help us coordinate between a distributed team, this distributed network of editors that we have. There are other tools that we use that we've you know purchased that help us allocate work, that help us make sure that teams are clear on what their deadlines should be, that help communicate intra-team and inter-team communication. Also, I visit people a lot. We also have a quarterly meeting, so to say. There are a few things. For the editors, for the editing team, we conduct something that's called a work allocation test every quarter that helps people just refresh their knowledge. There are some refresher courses. It gives them an opportunity to qualify for certain documents. Now, like I mentioned earlier, there are different people, that different editors that specialize in, in different types of documents. And these work allocation tests that we conduct allow them to qualify themselves to work on certain documents. Someone who's better with novels uh, might not be as good with business documents. Uh, 
So the work allocation tests let us know who is good at what, which is great for a distributed team because we're not meeting them every day. So it gives us the opportunity to touch base once a quarter to make sure that their skills are up to the mark or if they have improved on a certain skill set, then they get the option of working on a larger type of document. How many people uh, did you say work with the company? Uh, so our editing team is about uh, 100 editors. We have, on top of that, we have uh, operations executives, the, a large team of, I think we're about seven, seven, eight strong operations team that uh, is responsible for allocating documents to these editors. Then we have a round-the-clock sales and support team, which is about 15-odd people. And uh, then obviously we have like human resources staff. We have an in-house development team that helps maintain our website, that that helps develop and maintain our order management system. So I would say we're close to about 150 total. Wow, that's pretty big. And finally, finally, Nia, do you have an ideal early morning routine as a CEO? Okay, so in the morning, so I'm an early riser. I think I wake up at about um, 5, 5.30 every day. I am into yoga. So I do yoga in the morning. It's something that I know it sounds very new agey. I think it just helps you calm your mind, balance your body, those kind of things. Then I'm in office by about 8, 8.30. I like to touch base with uh, all the various teams. I conduct stand-up meetings with a bunch of teams. So just five minutes, spend five minutes with the teams. Make sure that, you know, I know what they've done in the past day, what they're going to do for the rest of the day. It also gives them a chance to have an audience with me on a daily basis. So if they are facing some problems, then I catch those early instead of, you know, two weeks down the line when everything, pardon my language, the shit is at the fan. So, so yeah, that's how my, my morning is. Mm, I like that. So where can people find more information about Paper True or your services? So uh, our website's at www.papertrue.com and uh, you'll find a lot of interesting articles on our blog at blog.papertrue.com. We've also very recently uh, made a foray into, into China. So for any Chinese listeners, you can find us at cn.papertrue.com and we haven't yet started publishing any blog articles in Chinese, but we intend to do that soon. Well, thank you. It was great to talk to you today. It was really nice talking to you too, Brian. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.